This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, hello there. I'm your uh, sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie. Welcome, and, friend. And it is. Welcome, friend. Yeah, I always laugh at that. <laughs> welcome, friend. Wait a minute. we got more than that out there. No, there's just one listener. Just one, one listener. My huh? mom is out of listening range today, so we have only one today. Dolly is out of... where? Where's Dolly? Dolly's down in London, Ontario. My hometown, yeah. Yes, but unfor- well, unfortunately or unfortunately, there's a station down there that's so close on the dial. It's like seven... Point three or seven point two, you can't get seven forty. Really? Yeah, in well, London, unless you do it on the web, obviously. Yeah, or or, or, or I know my si- my sister who lives in London. Yes. I have two sisters who live in London. One I know listens on Saturday. She goes out to her car because uh, the okay. building she's living in won't uh, you know let signals through. Oh, okay, so maybe that's what because yeah, my yeah. uncle and aunt live in a condo, and that might be a part of it too. That yeah. just the AM signal doesn't get through as exactly. well. Exactly, but if they're on Rogers Cable, yes, yeah, Channel Nine. Piece of cake. You yep. got it. Turn the TV on. What a busy weekend we've got coming up. I, I mean, tell you, it's well. I'm looking at the you know the weekend to end women's cancer walk is on today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And there's a Sunnyside Art Show. I'll be talking to Marilyn Lightstone a little later on. And uh, oh heaven, oh Taste of the Kingsway. That's on. Okay, My well forget gosh. all that. This is the gardening show. Well, yeah, that's what I was just saying. <laughs> hey, drop all of that for the moment because we're here to talk that's, gardening. Not only that, it's a perfect day for, as you point out, the you know walk to end yeah. cancer. Uh, perfect day to be in the garden. If you're not out walking, then you're perhaps digging Kneeling, and, yeah. and, and moving and transplanting and weeding and all those fun things. Gorgeous, gorgeous weekend. If you've done all your gardening and you want to get out and do some other things, here's some stuff going on besides what Frank was mentioning. Uh, tomorrow is the Auxiliary Fall Plant Sale at the Royal Botanical Gardens. That's on from 11 until 4 p.m. All the items are half price, so pick up some cool new items for your garden. Fall is a perfect time for planting. Mm. Today, from 2 until 4 o'clock, the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is presenting a free annual flower show. Includes a Master Gardener clinic, so if you have questions or problems, you need solutions, Master Gardeners are on hand from 2 until 4. There's also flower arranging demonstrations, all kinds of stuff going on at the Scarborough Village Community Center. So that's Kingston Road and Markham Road, 2 until 4 today. Also today, the Agent Court Garden Club, they're having their annual flower and vegetable show. That's again from 2 until 4.30 at the Knox United Christian Education Center, which, as you know, is 2575 Midland Avenue. Lots of free parking. Monday, day after tomorrow, the Agent Court Garden Club is having their monthly meeting and a photo display. 
from 8 o'clock till 10. Subject is perennials, and the speaker is Dawn Tack. Location, Knox United Christian Education Center. And one more uh, good one coming up for Tuesday. Uh, Christine Gill is presenting Unusual Tropical Bulbs for Patio and Terrace Gardens. That's uh, Tuesday evening from seven at, starting at 7.30 at the Marshland Center in Lakefield, and that's on behalf of the Lakefield Horticultural Society. All the regular meetings are held at the Marshland Center. They're free. Guests are always welcome for information on how to get there or any other sort of meeting information. Mm-hmm. www.lakefieldhort.org. What would be an example of an ex- uh, an unusual exotic tropical bulb? Yeah, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of neat ones. One that sort of jumps into my mind right now is one called Agapanthus. Beautiful blue flowers. I like They're, the name. They have yeah, they have great names. There's <laughs> okay. amazing names on bulbs, and a lot of them are don't have common names. So the the proper name you is have how to go we, by the Latin. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you know, there's not none of this sort of you know. Summer snow. Well, actually, summer snowflake is a good one. Camassia. I love camassia. I have that in my garden. Um, there's what neat do ones. you have in your garden? That's what I want to know. <laughs> there's always things. Always need more. Charlie owns fifty <laughs> acres. No, <laughs> not at all. Her back lot. <laughs> oh, here's one more. Oh, one more. Uh, one more okay. on my desk here. All right. Uh, September 11th. So tomorrow, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society is hosting their plant sale at 12:30 mm-hmm. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. 1:30 is the speaker. The speaker is John Lonsdale, and he's speaking on unusual bulbs for the garden. Well, there you go. Lots going on in the bulb world. This okay. is bulb time of year. Free admission. Everybody welcome. TBG tomorrow, 1230. And a light bulb just went off over my head. A little idea that I had. I should give the phone numbers. Excellent. And our mantra. Excellent. Okay. Phone number for Charlie Dobbins Garden Show here at AM 740. Go, well, they go this way. For Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And the first voice you're going to be speaking to when you call those numbers is our producer, David Gaskin, and he probably will caution you, one question, uh, oh no, call early, call often, <laughs> one question per call. Yeah, I threw myself there, <laughs> trying to be too clever getting my producer's name in there, our producer. There, Thanks, okay, Frank. I think we're... I think we're all set, aren't we? I think we? so. Okay. I think all right. so. Business take a little... is out of the way. All right. We take a little break here, and then we'll come back to have a word with Betty, and we'll say good beach after these words. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a good morning to you here on this gorgeous Saturday. Let's go to the phone lines and get started helping people in the garden. Let's, uh, let's. do that let's. together, shall yes. we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh! Uh, might I introduce the master gardener beside me here, and I'm her good buddy, Frank. Yes, okay, indeed. Betty in Wasaga Beach. Hello and welcome yes. to the show. Hello, thank you for taking my call. We have the worst dandelion, and we can't get rid of them. We put some of that... Uh, stuff that you buy specially for dandelions. Mm-hmm. They seem to like it. They're doing better. Oh, no, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no good. Wait, this, I can't believe it. The stuff you bought, was it called? We'd be gone. We'd be gone. It, it not we'd be gone. <laughs> huh. The weeds are happy. Oh, yeah, they're too happy. Now, did you read the instructions on when and how? We, see, we can't do it. We had to have um, a man do it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether he got it right or not, but I've ordered them after that. Okay. 
the the trick the weed be gone is an iron based um, yeah, basically it's like a supplement we can't use it because I have bad eyes I have um, glaucoma and my husband's on oxygen so. Mm. <laughs> yeah so you're not you don't want to, no it makes total sense to have somebody do it for you yep. particularly if you've got sure. a lot to spray but it timing is important weed be gone should work and it has had very good you know all the trials uh, that they did prior to introducing it into mm-hmm. the Ontario market indicated that it works very well however the the broadleaf weeds in the case of dandelions should be actively growing in order oh, for this were. to work. They were. Because, you know, oh. in July, when it was super hot in early August, the I weeds weren't, weren't growing. Last month, the end of August. Oh, okay, the end of August. All right. So, the, yeah, because they just started to grow again, right? The nights start cooling down. We got a little bit of rain, and weeds start picking up again with, with their, uh, you know, energy levels. And so you, so you find that they're just bigger than ever. They're, they're not yeah, shriveled they're, at they're all. They're not going anywhere. So, we wondered if we put um, vinegar and salt on them. Okay, so vinegar... Will that kill my grass? Yes, that will kill your grass, and salt is never a good recommendation because salt will actually cause uh, the soil to become toxic, and ultimately nothing will grow there. Yeah. Vinegar, just straight vinegar from the grocery store, is not a strong enough solution to kill the weeds. It might cause them to shrivel up a tiny bit, and it, the stuff we buy that's the... Um, it's called pavement... White vinegar. Yeah, white vinegar. It's it's only a very low percentage. You need a much high. I think it's six percent uh, acetic acid that we put on our French fries. What you need is something that's twelve um, percent. I don't put it on anything. <laughs> okay, but you know what I'm saying. To the garden. Sure, or wash our windows. There's lots of things you can do with win- with vinegar. No, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> okay, well, tr- you. I'm in my eighties. All righty. You could, the vinegar you bought, I would use it on weeds or try it on the weeds that might be in the cracks in your in your walkways or your driveway or areas where there's nothing else that might be uh, touched by the vinegar. And I would use it straight. Just spritz it on with a spritzer or pour it on very slowly uh, and right onto the weeds. Uh-huh. In your lawn, yes, it could kill the weeds, but it will also kill the grass. All right, so next spring, think hire that same guy to come back and dig your dandelions. And make sure you read the directions. Yeah, and so then yeah. consider well, using... we won't be able to do it anyway, because... Uh, and I got... I, ca- I called the weed man. You oh. know, he wanted $110 to do the bag. Oh, I know. It's only a small piece. I know. It's killer. Well, it is I the cost. I haven't got that sort of money. No, but, you know, certainly Rent-A-Sun... Think about rent a sun. There, it's cheaper. <laughs> you don't have to pay <laughs> quite as much. Uh, there's actually a company out there called Rent a Sun, and it's where you oh, bring rent a, a sun. yeah bring a young man or young woman onto your property to do some handy handy work if if necessary. It's yeah, quite that's a good idea. interesting company actually. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Exactly, it's a little more affordable than than yeah. some of the professionals. But if you know what you need done, they'll do it for you under your direction. I don't know whether we have them up here. Ah, uh, you. I'll I'll check in, on the web here next time we have I'm a in, commercial um, break. You're in, in Wasaga Beach, Wasaga I know. Wasaga Beach, yes. All right. Lovely place. Enjoy the day. It's going to be yes. lovely and sunny. Oh, it's really lovely. It is the best place. We can't live in Toronto or that because it would be bad for my husband. Yeah, yep. well, good for you. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're in a much better, prettier place than Toronto. For sure. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, yeah, Betty. Well, the whole time down, right down time. By the way, um, what part, um, where did you come, your family come from? My mother's name was Mary Dobbin. Oh, interesting. And she was um, born in Northern Ireland, and her father came from Scotland. 
Wow. It's pretty similar heritage to what I have. Uh, my, Is that right? The, the Dobbins came from Ireland on my side of the family. Yeah. Like from exactly where, though, I don't know off the top of my head. But they, they're originally from Ireland. Years, a couple of generations. So there <laughs> could be a connection there. Man. Absolutely. Uh, when I heard your name, I was... Well, it's an unusual name. It, it is. One you hear a lot. Dobbin is an old horse. <laughs> yes, well, that's what I was going to say. You've heard that old song. That's when she was a little girl. They used to call her Dobbin. <laughs> Thank you, Betty. We have to run along here. There are other callers we have to get to, my love. Thank you so much for the call from Wasaga Beach. And hopefully uh, the next year. The yeah, will work out. Yeah. Because, yeah, to, to really eradicate weeds early in the season is easier because the weeds are younger. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to now when they're much tougher and older. Mm -hmm. So jump on your weed control way back when you start seeing them, you know, May, June. And certainly weed be gone should work if directions are followed. Perhaps it rained right after it was applied because, you know, you want to have 24 hours of no rain in order for that to be an effective uh, control. But bottom uh, line, carry on. uh, No, I was just going to say, like the genealogical report there. That was good. Yeah, because, you know, I remember the story about your grandfather uh, he used to pull the carts, you know. They, they'd hit your old Dobbin <laughs> to the sleigh and, yes. Well, no, anyway. no, no. Hmm? It, when I first heard that was in Shakespeare. There's a, it's, um, oh, really? I think, is it like the, maybe not the Merchant of Venice, one of the Shakespearean plays way back in high school. And it was like, get along, old Dobbin. And of course, he's, you know, whipping a horse to get <laughs> along. All the rest of the class used to love hearing that. I I'm bet. Sure. And that's when I <laughs> discovered actually where Dobbin comes from. That's what a Dobbin was. It was a workhorse. Well, workhorse, work out. Exactly. It all works together. It sure does. So we are going to just briefly mention Sierra Sill, which is a mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to keep ourselves working. Just nose to the grindstone. We're (laughs) always working. And to be pain-free in our work, we use Sierra Sill. It helps with joints and any arthritic pain, inflammation, etc. Now, the thing about Sierra Sill is that it's a company based in Vancouver, and you can get it mail order by giving them a phone call or going to their website, but you can also buy it retail. So for those of you in downtown Toronto, the big carrot on the Danforth carries Sierra Sill. And for those of you up north in Newmarket, there's a a store called Nature's Emporium, and they carry it as well. So you can buy it in a retail outlet, or you can give them a call at 1-877-JOINT-14. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. <laughs> uh, what are you, what uh, are you giggling gig- about there? I'm giggling because you were just telling me what, that you always wished your name wasn't Frank. Yes. It's, well, you see, it's two hard <laughs> consonants banging up against a Frank Proctor. You know, very hard. I always wanted to be called Lance. Lance. Lance Proctor. Here. So from now on, <laughs> we're going to call Frank Lance. <laughs> As in Boyle. I know what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> Diane in Midland is on the line. Hi. Good morning, Diane. Uh, good morning, Frank and, and Charlie. No, that's Lance. Good morning, <laughs> Diane. Good morning, Lance and, and Charlie. Um, I really appreciate getting through it because uh, you you have so much knowledge in your head, Charlie. I really appreciate it. And and just to say, I was listening to the lady before and the business about the dandelions, and mm-hmm. I got one of those little picker upper things where you yep. put it in the ground, like stomp a, on it, in the yep. ground and stomp on it and pull it out. Mm-hmm. And I did that in the early earlier part of the season mm-hmm. when uh, when the when the Flowers are starting to come up, and and then they were gone. We yeah. had no more. Yeah, and when the soil is usually moist. Yeah, it's it is quite a job, though. Obviously, and as their last caller said, she's eighty years old. So yeah, but 
not that she could do it. But, but that's where that rent a son or, you know, yeah, a, a neighborhood kid, idea. because yeah. it's not a, a highly skilled thing to do. It's no, actually kind of fun. No, I could do it. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's just a question of, yeah, being able to sort of stomp, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I see people out there with wheelbarrows, and they're just filling the wheelbarrows with dandelions yeah. in the spring. So well, your question. My question is, yes, about, um, I, I, I had seen this last year, and I thought they were beautiful, was the Mandevilla vines, beautiful red trumpet flower mm-hmm. on them. And I picked up two in separate pots, and then knowing I, ha- I know that I have to bring it in, in the, for the winter, mm-hmm. so I, I replanted them and put them in a, a large pot, the two of them, with a very good trellis for them. Mm, nice. Now, my main question is, when I bring it in, do I have to cut the whole thing back? No. No, just leave it? Well, what I do, because when you bring it in, it's going to be covered in flowers and buds. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing you want to do is make sure it doesn't have any bugs, uh, insects. So you'll give it a nice soap and water wash Mm -hmm. and then a rinse, dry. Like what kind of soap then? Uh, Real soap. Uh, It needs to be a true soap, not a detergent. So you can use, buy a a bottled product, which will be like a safer soap or or, uh, Scott's makes a, you know, soap solution. Okay. You need to use soap though, because detergent will... Will not kill insects. Detergent mm. really just gives them a bath. Okay, so like a Scott soap solution. Yeah, and it'll say right on it, you know, insecticide. Okay. And if you look close, it'll say, you know, that it's soap. Mm-hmm. And the idea is soap not only washes off kind of the grit and the soot on the leaves and stems, but it also will asphyxiate any insects. Yeah. But you have to be very, when you're spraying, you have to spray every angle of the plant. So yeah. underside, top side, inside, everything till it drips. Mm-hmm. You're doing that outside, of course. Yeah. Then let that dripping, and don't do that with a sun shining on the plant so move it into the shade or do it early in the day let it all drip and dry then get out your hose or a mister or whatever watering can just clean water you can rinse it give it a rinse let it again drip dry and then it's probably a big heavy pot so you're gonna need you know 12 strong men to get that into the house and then get yourself one of those little dollies it's a yeah you know just a small little wheeled gizmo Mm. that allows you to move and turn the plant because remember inside it's very very important. You're going to put it in the sunniest possible spot in your family yes, room have, or yes, living I have room. A spot right in the right in the living room. There, I have a big picture window. Perfect. That faces out over, uh, like east and. Uh, East and South sort of thing. Okay, that's good. And no shears on that window. No. Good. No, there isn't. So you'll get let that plant get lots of light, mm-hmm. and you'll remember to spin it every, even every week. Yeah. Or whatever. Just be consistent. Spin every it 180 week. degrees. Mm-hmm. You will find right away that the plant will start to get some yellow leaves. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be because the light levels have dropped dramatically between outside and inside. Yeah. Sometimes I, I try and prepare my plants to come inside by moving them into the shade. because. Probably it's in the sun right now, mm-hmm. so move it into the shade some, for some some shade, some sun. But my gosh, the thing is growing yeah. beautifully. The, the streamers that you know. Oh the, yeah, the they're great. Are heading way up. Well, no, but I was just gonna say, t- seven to ten days in full shade outside mm-hmm. can be good preparation for coming oh. inside. Even into a sunny window, the light levels are still lower yeah. than outside. Yeah, it will be, so, like I say, expect a few yellow leaves. No big deal. As long as it's the inner, more mature leaves that are turning yellow, nothing to worry about. Be careful with your water because it's going to use less water oh, indoors. Yeah. Yes, what would... Uh, and then just yeah. keep an eye on it. You you will find that you're going to cut it back one way or the other in February or March. Mm-hmm. You may find that you want to cut it earlier than that just because it starts to look uh, not very attractive. No. If it loses too many leaves and starts so, to look so silly. It doesn't hurt like to you trim like from the top, like from the... 
At the vines? Is that, that where you do? Where, that's, where the new no, well, it'll be the new stuff you'll be taking off because it'll be the tips, yeah, right? And that's yeah. your newest. But that's what's the most unruly. You know, that's where it really starts looking like a hairy beast. So yeah. when you're going to cut it back, and in February or March, like I say, one way or the other, you're going to cut all that back in order to force new growth off the main stem. Mm-hmm. Because where but, every leaf is, a bud can, can spring forth and new vines can grow. Okay. You know, new stems. But, but you're saying that, that I, it's only that well, the ones that turn yellow and so on? I mean, I, I don't have to cut it, like, right back down to the... No, not now. Stem. No, because, like I say, you don't really don't want to. No, no. Hold on to as much of that as you can and enjoy the flowers indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the plant really starts to suffer uh, from the shock of the outside, to, you know to inside, to mm-hmm. heat, you know, and all the things that it's hard. Remember, humidity is important with tropical plants. Yeah, yeah. Mist it often with just plain water when it's inside. Okay, yeah. Do whatever you can. Don't, keep it away from hot air vents and mm-hmm. televisions and anything that's hot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just sort of coddle it along through the winter. Because okay. the, the hard thing is, is our homes are not a tropical environment, and no. they are tropical plants. No. They're, they're, they're more... Uh, Dry, like I guess dry, you would say. I don't know. Well, they just they like the heat, they like the humidity, they like, they like the sun, and that's exactly what we don't have in the winter. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's too bad. It's too bad, but it's just such a beautiful I plant know. that I wanted to, you know, try. My other ones are just perennials or annuals yeah. and so on, and, and they're okay, like yeah. outside. But it's but, not that hard to keep it alive. Just like use your common sense and be careful. Don't overwater it. Don't, don't overwater. Yeah. And may I ask? Then just. Uh, do you know exactly when I should take it in? Exactly is before the first hard, well, before the, any frost. Mm-hmm. So in your case, I mean, we're still looking at a nice week this week, uh, lows of 8 or 9 or 10 degrees, yeah. but I would definitely be getting it in before you get down to like 5 or 4 degrees at night. Yes. So yes, even, you know, this weekend might be a good time to clean it up and bring it in at the end of the weekend. Yes, good idea. Hey, okay. I'll look forward to a second call from you, Diane, mm. uh, toward next spring or, or okay. early summer. Let us, let us know how you made out with it. I, I will do that, Frank. I okay. Anyway, I appreciate very much all your information and help. I made notes, so okay. I will follow, <laughs> okay. follow them anyway. So have a great, wonderful weekend. Thank you. You and too. thank you very much, Charlie. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye-bye now. Phone numbers for Charlie Dobbins Garden Show here at AM 740, 416-360-0740, and our toll-free line at uh, no cost there, one 740 Four seven forty, and on we go to uh, our next caller. You wanted to get one little note in, did you? I did. Thank yes, you, yes, uh, yes. Lance, for letting me break in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I hadn't said that. No. Uh, <laughs> just before we go to Lorraine, just made me think of this. Uh, Diane said she was making scribbling notes frantically yeah, 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 while yeah. I was talking. Remember, if you don't get a chance to get every point down, and you think, "Oh, I missed something," or "What was the name mm. of that product?" or whatever, remember, it's very easy. If you have a computer. Go to AM740, go to the website for AM740, go to the Garden Show. All of our shows. That's right. All our shows are right there on the AM740 website. Just click on today's show Mm -hmm. and you can listen to the entire thing. You know, the commercials are bleeped out, but everything else is there. There you are. Okay. So if you miss something, don't worry. You can always listen again. Excellent idea, Ollie. Right, Lance. Well, all right, let's go. (laughs) Let's go to our next caller. Here's Lorraine from Thornhill. Hi, Lorraine. Hi. How are you today? Very well. Thoroughly enjoy the show. Oh, thank you. My question is, I have a large cedar hedge. It's an old cedar hedge. Mm -hmm. It's about over 20 feet tall. Mm -hmm. I want to trim it down, but I've been told that you can't cut it too much or you'll kill it. And this is a beautiful hedge, and I don't want to go there. Old cedar hedges are a challenge. 
because they're so old, when we do any radical trimming, we often don't get a lot of new growth. And exactly what you've been told is correct, that quite often it's so shocking to the plant to have such a dramatic trimming done that it does start to die. When is a good time to trim it? And how much could I take off the top? I've been told no more than three feet, like we're talking, and that would reduce it. Even then, it would still be tall. I mean, it's yeah. probably over 20 feet. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, from my side, it, it looks like 25. From my neighbor's side, because they're higher, it's about 20. Mm. And I'm thinking if I could take three feet off and just reduce the sides, maybe about, you know, six inches, not even that, because I've been told even cutting into the sides, mm-hmm. you have to not do too deeply either. That's right. And then I was told you could do it in June because that's when it's dormant or in September. But I, I don't know. Can I do it in September? You know what would be the best time is June, as you were first recommended. And it's not that it's dormant then. It's actually that in June, our plants are very much actively growing. You know, we're well past spring. We're into early summer, usually in June. And the plants are just, you know, the energy and the, and the growth is phenomenal in all of our garden plants at that time of year. And that's the best time to trim because when you take off, you're going to be taking off green. The thing about cedars is all the green ends up on the outside. And if you look past that outer layer of green, you see a lot of blank yeah. and empty stems and branches. Yeah. So if all the green were taken off, the plant would die because it can't photosynthesize anymore. Mm-hmm. So the trimming that takes place has to leave some green behind. And that's where you're absolutely right. If You know, you might be able to go in six inches depending on the depth of the, the green that's, that's actually on the plant. Right. And to take three feet off the top should be perfectly reasonable in June, even on a big tall cedar hedge like that. The trick, though, is that it's going to take specialized equipment and skilled professionals to yeah, do I that. Yeah, I call in someone. I can't do it at all. No. I can't reach it. No, exactly. And they're going to, you know, proper little chainsaws to get up there and do it. So, and, and, you know, spend the money and, and have the right people do it. So your chance of success is better. Also remember to fertilize at that same time when all that trimming is being, is taking place. Okay. Okay. Now my problem is though, if I do it in June, I have full gardens all along the hedge. Mm. I have a good chance of breaking down all my flowers. Is it? That's why I wanted to go into September. Because I figured what's left, if they, you know, the branches fall down and they have to trot on my garden, yeah. it's not going to be like I was thinking. Like next week, are you, are your gardens annual flowers mostly? No, fortunately they are all perennials. It's just oh. that usually the gardens look really lovely in June, and you know they're going to be all crushed by the time. Because mm-hmm. when you say June, you mean mm-hmm. the end of June or the early June? Uh, you are in Thornhill. It early June. Well, okay, so you bring up an interesting point. Um. You know what? Yes, it can be. That's the other problem is, you know, trimming. It's like painting the house, right? When do you paint the house when you don't want to affect the garden too much? Uh, Because they're going to drape and everything else. Now, they will uh, do everything in their power to protect your perennials so that what what they're cutting should not drop directly down. And, of course, the ladders or scaffolding that they're going to erect will work around your gardens. I mean, anybody who's a skilled professional can do this in such a way as to not have huge impact. What I would do is I would call whoever you have in mind and ask them two things. One is, you know, does it make a difference to them and does it make a difference to the cedar hedge? From my perspective, June would be the preferred time. But uh, an arborist might tell you that that September is fine as well because it's not a radical pruning that's being talked about here. It's a fairly, you know, minimal pruning. And um, it's certainly early enough in the season. You know, 
early enough in the fall, uh, but not too early, that you're not going to force a lot of new growth now. That's the one reason we don't like to do a lot of trimming in the fall. Mm -hmm. It's got to be late enough that the plant will not sprout out a bunch of growth after the trimming, because that is the likely to be frosted in the winter, any new growth that comes out now. Right, So that's why the trimming that's done now is trimmed so that the plant will just kind of hunker down for winter from that point forward Mm -hmm. and then burst forth with all kinds of new growth next spring. Okay, then I'll give, you know, his opinion. Because I've been online and Mm. I've checked online things and they Mm. they have said you could, but it's all all that you could and that makes you feeling you're taking a chance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to do that. Cedar hedges are pretty important. You'd really, really notice them if something happened to it. Yeah, well, this is a beautiful privacy fence. Yeah. Other and it's a windbreak, it yeah. does everything. Yeah, it's perfect. It's but a I sound don't, barrier. I don't want to do anything that's yeah. going to cause it to go under stress. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I agree with you. Yeah. All well, right, well, good okay. luck with that, Lorraine. Thank you very much. Thanks for your day. call. Yeah, you Bye. bet, Lorraine. Thank you. 9.36 our time here on Charlie Dobbins Garden Show. Let's get out to uh, Guildwood. No, pardon oh, me, uh, Scarborough, to say hi to Harvey. Hey, what's going on, Harvey? Oh, good morning, Tommy. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about geraniums, how mm-hmm. to store them in those. Mm-hmm. I have started about 100 geranium plants, which mm-hmm. I, the seeds which I had obtained from uh, Dominion Seed House out here in Georgetown, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, they were just great. Mm-hmm. Now, i like to bring all of those 100 plants in those. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a lot of geraniums. To store them in paper bags, others say in boxes. I don't know the correct <clears throat> procedure. Hmm. Okay, so this is a really good question. Geraniums, um, many people love the geraniums and want to bring them in and hold them over the winter. There are two ways, two kind of big ways to do it. One is you bring in the geraniums full of flowers and leaves and they're in pots and you put them on window ledges and you grow them as houseplants, watering them, giving them lots of sunshine. And of course, they'll usually stop flowering in the winter, but they'll still be green plants all winter, and they'll start to flower again come late winter, early spring. Now, 100 plants is a lot of plants. What people used to do, and this is very dependent on what, uh, what you have available in terms of storage, way back in the day when our basements used to be like a root cellar, when we had earth floors... Uh, no heat in our basements, um, very little light, obviously, and we stored all our potatoes and our onions and carrots in that same basement, almost like a root cellar. Geraniums would was very easy to just pull them up out of the garden, uh, literally with the roots hanging and the leaves hanging, shake the dirt off, take them down into this root cellar and hang them upside down from the ceiling, you know, root up, stem down. Come late winter... People would take cuttings, little green, there would be, you know, little births of green would start to come forth off those semi-dormant plants, and people would start new plants off of those old, sort of gnarly things that were hanging up in the ceiling. But not many of us have basements like that anymore. We have heat in our basements and big screen TVs and, you know, shag carpets. It just doesn't work. Geraniums don't, that's not the right conditions. So, like I say, it just depends what you've got. If you want to go to the semi-dormant with your geraniums, they got to be cool. And I'm talking 10, between 5 and 10 degrees Celsius. It's got to be dark. And there's got to be a little bit of humidity in the air, not bone dry. Can I store them in the garage? Is your garage insulated? Yes, it is. And it's attached to your house? Uh, well, the, yes. Yeah. Potentially. Yep, potentially. I know my garage, 
I have tried doing things in it, but it freezes in my garage in really cold weather. When it gets, you know, 20, 25, 30 below outside, uh, it's below zero in my garage. And I've ended up, you know, trying to keep bulbs and that sort of force bulbs out there. And I've ended up killing them by freezing them. So if you can be confident that it won't go below zero, Mm -hmm. you could put the geraniums there. Or if you have like some big cardboard boxes, use newspaper or peat moss, uh, something clean, something inert, and use that as insulation between the geraniums, you know, in a box. Now, do I have to mist the roots every month? Well, if they're inside, if you've got them enclosed, I would enclose them into something that has a little bit of moisture in it. Like I say, newspaper, you would miss that. Then you jam all the geraniums in, have the newspaper all crushed up into balls, trapping air around the, the geraniums. Seal it all in a box and forget about them. Check in a, I would check every six or eight weeks just to see if there's mildew growing or if they're shriveling up. If they're shriveling, a little bit of misting. If they're you know, mildewy, then you've got to start pulling out the mildewy ones and get rid of them. What about uh, storing them into uh, those waste paper bags? Which kind of waste paper? Like brown bags? Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the waste bags? bags? You could, but again, you need to think about temperature. So just monitor the temperature in your garage. If you're straight into those bags, I mean, it's worth a try. Just monitor the temperature in your garage. If it's getting too cold, get a blanket out there and wrap the, uh, the, brown, the brown bags with something to insulate them or if we get some really cold nights. Now, how far down do we have to cut them back? Oh, the pull like, them up. the best time to bring them indoors? Oh, wait till we've had a light frost and then just dig. Uh, take roots with you. Don't just cut them off at ground level. Take the whole plant. Take the whole plant out, eh? Yep. Okay. All wow. right. <clears throat> looks like looks like you've got a big job in I your know, hands. I know, Harvey. Here. We want to hear how this goes. Plants. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I have a big lot. So. Okay. Good. Okay. Let us know how it's uh, how it's going there, Harvey. Thank okay. You. Thanks for Thanks calling for into calling. the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. We're at 9.40 already. My goodness, we're Where getting some good does questions. The time go? I know, the interesting uh, questions, though. Well, because it's that time of year, yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. it's a gorgeous weekend. Absolutely. Good, good to be out in the garden. Right. It's what I'm going to do when I get home, because I took my Sierra Cell. Oh, you did so. I am pain-free. And you went to a fight movie last night. I did. I, oh, I saw The Warrior. Anybody that likes UFC? Go see it. It's and, great. And now you want to get back in the ring, I hear. I do. Lance the fighter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Frank's been taking his Sierra Sil as well. We both do it to keep our joints limber and pain-free. If you have any issues with arthritis or stiff joints, you Sierra Sil could work for you. They have a great website. So it's Sierra, like the mountains, and then S-I-L dot C-A for more information. Or you can give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 Or you can even buy Sierra Sil in a local retailer. Whole Foods is one of the, the lovely grocery stores or natural food stores that does carry Sierra Sil. So if there's a Whole Foods in your neighborhood, you can pick it up there. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor alongside here, the sous chef of the garden. And boy, we've got an interesting show going here. Let's see what's on Val's mind out there in Guildwood. Good morning, Val. Hello, Val. Thank you very much for it. Morning. Good morning. And uh, I have this lantana plant now. I hope there's no Australians listening. I know that it it overruns their country. Noxious weed (laughs) in Australia. I was... I walking down the back of the uh, into the guild gardens yesterday because I can walk to the guild in from my house, mm. and um, I saw a lantana growing as a standard. Yeah. Yep. Now, is that possible? Yep. It's just been trained. But I couldn't 
put it in the garden, it wouldn't overwinter, no, would it? No, no. It is a tropical or a semi-tropical plant. Semi-tropical. So, yeah. yes, the, the, anything that you see like that out in a garden as a, a lovely, uh, you know, sculptural plant yes. is lifted and put into a frost-free situation for the winter or allowed to die. But if it's a, it, they're pretty old. To grow them up into a standard, yes. that's not a young plant. So usually every effort is made to try and keep them alive. I see. A best case, of course, is a greenhouse. I see. Right. And like our last caller wants to keep his geraniums alive. You know, the easiest way to keep anything like that alive is in a greenhouse. But most of us just don't have access to that. So we start thinking dormant and semi-dormant for some of these plants. Yeah, well, I have a solarium, but I don't have a greenhouse. But I'll bring the lantana Mm -hmm. indoors for the winter. Mm -hmm. And I was just amazed to see it growing as a standard. Yeah, 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 it is. It's a lovely plant. And, of course, the neat thing about lantana is that... You know, we usually think of plants as having, you know, flowers of, of a certain color. Yeah. But lantana never seems to have just one color no, of flower. Oh, it's multicolored. Yeah, isn't it? it's red and pink or yeah. yellow and orange or yeah. purple and blue. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's beautiful. Very, very ornamental plant. Very lovely. Well, they have gardeners, of course, at the guild. Yes. So I guess they uh, they did that as an experiment. I hadn't, I didn't talk to any of them, but mm-hmm. I will. But uh, thank you very much, Charles. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Val, uh, joining the show call. here. AM 740, Zoomer Radio, and Charlie Dobbins set once again to uh, solve a problem here. Let's see, Maria in Scarborough, you got a problem with gardenias? Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, Yeah, I have a problem with gardenia. I love gardenias, but I don't know whenever I buy them, Mm. uh, whatever are the buds, they flower, and that's it, no more. What can I fertilize it with so they would keep blooming? Gardenias are not an easy plant to grow. <laughs> just so don't don't feel bad. I buy them all the time yeah. and I just throw them out because yeah. I'm fed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, they no, they are tough to grow. So a couple of things to try and sort of help you to be successful. One is when you ask about fertilizer, absolutely yes, there is fertilizer that will say it's designed for acid-loving plants. So if you read the fine print, the acid-loving plants are plants like gardenia, azalea, rhododendron, uh, obviously outdoors, things like magnolia, uh, blueberries. These are all acid-loving plants. So get a hold of some of one of those fertilizers and follow the instructions. I have is that the miracid, which is a soil acidifier. Sure, yep, miracid should work, yep. As I, as I said, I put it in on, and mm-hmm. then it doesn't really give me flowers. It just, you know, just like that, just oh, branch well, leaves. Well, that's right. But don't, don't you know... When you buy a gardenia, it's usually flowering. And so you're, if those flowers are opening and you're enjoying those and the lovely fragrance, and then the flowers drop off when they're finished, and now it's just a bunch of green leaves, but there's new, fresh green leaves, be happy and don't worry because it, it won't plant, no plant flowers forever, except maybe African violets. They'll bloom year round. But most flowering plants will flower and then take a break and then flower and then take a break. So remember when you get a gardenia, if you're keeping it nice and green and lush and happy after it's flowered, don't just hold on to it. Keep it in the bright light. Keep misting it. Keep watering it. Fertilize as required and it should set buds again once it's had a break. Oh, um, like how long would would that break be? It could be anywhere from two weeks to six months. Six months ago. Uh, well, I went into the um, the store, uh, you know, a plant store, and mm-hmm. this is what they gave me. It says, um, "Shields eight fourteen nine up for African violet plant food." It, 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 uh, and then I put it on, 
And still, that sounds, you know, like maybe I should wait a little longer. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, that uh, African violet plant food? Uh, it's not what she gave me. Yes, it's okay. The trick is do not use both acid and the African violet food. Oh, uh, do right. not use the acid. Okay. It's one or the other. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Because too much of a good thing can be toxic for the plant. So read that fine print and just be careful you don't over fertilize. And and what you're doing sounds fine. Just keep with the watering, the misting, fertilize as appropriate and give it a chance. It may still flower for you. Thank you very much, Maria, and uh, I hope Charlie has answered your question. I think she has, really. Gardenias are great. You know how fragrant they are? Little white flowers, really glossy green leaves, really nice plants, but to die for fragrance. More good advice coming along in just a couple of moments as we continue with the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM740. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I am the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. I'm wondering what Wayne in Woodville is worried about. I love all that alliteration. Let's find out. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. Um, I have, uh, I'm just looking for the name of, I, I guess you call it, it's supposed to be a tropical plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the trunk, uh, it's in about a 10-inch pot that came from the nursery. And the trunk is about not much bigger than a pencil, but three-eighths of an inch across, and I'd say about... 18 inches high before it starts branching out into the, and it's got purple flowers. It's got five petals on it, and they're um, they're very small. And is there uh, a yellow center? Uh, it hardly has any center at all. Uh, like for yellow, I guess that would be close enough. But where where the petals come out from the center, like you have to look, you almost think there's a hole there, or like you know the little tiny spot where they come out, and then the leaves, they're about. Oh, an inch to an inch and a half long and about maybe three-quarters of an inch wide, and they're jagged. And uh, how big are the flowers, roughly? Uh, I would say that, like, uh, the, the petal would only be, one petal would only be maybe uh, a quarter of an inch long or three-eighths maybe at the most. Because hmm. um, there's a passion flower. Uh, which is often grown as a standard, which is what it sounds like you've got. It's 18 inches tall, like on a stem, and then little branches at the top, and then these flowers and leaves, right? Uh, yeah, and the leaves are jagged. Yeah, jagged. And, uh, But this is like a little, tr- I don't even want to call it a tree. But it's like a miniature tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... It- uh, the other one is potato plant or solanum. It solanum? could be either of those, S-O-L-A-N-U-M. A-N-U-M. Yeah, okay. solanum. That it could be either of those. Passionflower, of course, is a much bigger flower. It's about you know two or three inches across. Oh no, no, no! It's yeah. just very tiny and it's purple. Uh, and when you look, in, there's five petals come out. When you look at it in the center, like there doesn't seem to be like it's hollow. It, it just yeah, kind of hollow, like it just coming out from the center. And there's five petals. Hmm. I mean, in a worst case for a real true identification, send me a photo. You can either mail me a photo or email me a photo, whichever works. Okay. Okay. And what was the other one, the solanum? What was the other or name? passion flower. Oh, I have passion flower. Yeah. I had that down. Okay. Yeah. The one or the other, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, when we got it, uh, the, there was no uh, tag on it, and nobody seemed to know what it was. So yeah. I didn't know it was supposed to be a tropical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, like I say, feel free. Like I, I'm happy to give you my email address, my mailing address, either one, just for a clear ID. That's usually the best thing to do. Okay. Um, and my email, I think, is cdobbin at am740.ca. Okay. If uh, if you can take it, you know, if you have a digital camera, 
uh, just shoot me an email. I'm happy to take a look. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Oh, Thank you're you, very Wayne. welcome. Okay, then. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Time marches on here on a Saturday morning. My goodness. Where here. does the time go? I know. Thornhill is next on our uh, locations to head, and uh, Marna's on the line. Hello, Marna. Yes, hello. Morning. I wonder if you could give me any suggestions on stopping raccoons from digging up my yard. Aww, now, a cannon would be a good idea. <laughs> Shotgun is what yeah. uh, my cohort was suggesting. Shotgun. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. So they're digging up in the garden or the lawn or where are they digging? The lawn. And um, it, actually, it's my son's yard, and he has tried three different things on it, and so far nothing has worked. Okay, are they digging now, or they were digging? They're still digging. Hmm. Every morning he gets up, it's all dug up. Wow. And is it a fairly new lawn? New place? Yeah. New home? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so, you know why I was going to say new lawn? Because when new sod goes down, the raccoons, you can just see them rubbing their little paws together. Because for them, they're just like little carpet movers. Eh? They go in and they just roll the sod back up that was just laid down yeah. and then dig around, make a big mess. And, of course, every morning you come out and it's like laying the carpet again, put the sod back down, yeah. stamp it all down, and then next morning, same thing. So this is a good time. Uh, we are getting uh, past the window of opportunity, but even now is still a good time for your son to get a hold of some nematodes. Now, he's tried that. Okay, and is he's he followed? tried that, and he's tried slug killer and gritter ritter. Critter ritter. Yeah. Critter <laughs> ritter. Yeah. yeah. He's tried all three, and so far nothing is working. Okay, so, but the thing with the nematodes is that you have to follow the instructions very clearly. It's got to be a well, moist... he would, he would. Yeah, and he watered it in. Yeah. Remember, these are eggs of something that's going to parasitize the grubs. So it's, there's no instant cure here. This is a process uh, eliminating the grubs. In the meantime, you know, just while he's hoping all these things might work, a couple of ways to try and keep raccoons off the property include a radio tuned to talk radio. Raccoons do not like the spoken word. Um, motion uh, sprinklers, which when you know something steps in front of the beam, high-powered pressured water comes on. What was that motion? What a motion uh, sprinkler. sprinkler. There's there's one called the scarecrow, and it is a sprinkler that comes on with a very high-pressure water that will knock the little raccoons right on their keisters, and that can keep them off the property. Um, obviously, things like a dog can help uh, keep them off the property. Even lights sometimes left on in the in the dark will keep raccoons skirting and staying in the dark and out of the light. So um, it is, you know, basically what he has to do is he recognizes he has insects. He's got to get rid of the insects and he'll get rid of the raccoons. The nematodes, if applied properly, will work, but it just isn't instantaneous. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I wish I could be better with, you know. Yeah, I do too because he's getting very discouraged. Uh, I bet. Sure, yeah, I bet, get, yeah. Every morning he gets up in his yard's a mess. A mess. He has spent so much money and time trying yeah. to make it look nice. Sure, and we expect that kind of thing in the spring. We don't usually have that kind of a problem in the fall. Uh So, you know, that's the other thing. And if he can see that there's yellow patches in his lawn where he suspects some little baby grubs have hatched and are starting Mm -hmm. to to chew, he himself can just go in there, lift the lawn in those areas, and with a pot of boiling water, kill the grubs Uh uh, right away. Okay. Uh, with you know boiling water because the grubs are very young right now. Their skin is very very thin, and they're very easy to kill. Oh, okay. okay. I'm writing this down to yeah. Tom. Yeah, 
So it's late next spring. We can't do that because the grubs have a very leathery skin by next spring. But right now the grubs are, like I say, are very small and very, very uh, easy to kill. Oh, okay. And they're right in the surface. So yellow patches in the lawn tells you you might have grubs. Tug on the yellow blades of grass, and if there's no roots attached, suspect grubs. Lift that yellow patch of grass, and you'll see them. They're very, they're right there. Uh-huh. They're, they're really obvious. Okay. Okay. I will tell him that. All well, right. good luck with that. That's, with that's that. a pain in the you-know-what when the, those yeah. little devils oh, get out raccoons, there. and man. Yeah. I oh. feel very bad for him because he's did so much work there yeah. in that yard. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank okay. you very, very much. You're very welcome. Thank Have you, Marla. Have a good weekend. And you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, just it, one quick thing while I'm thinking about it. Maria called us from Scarborough about her gardenia, right? Yeah. Uh, my handy-dandy book here, just to, to give one more piece of advice to herself and anybody else who's trying to get gardenia to reflower. Uh, Gardenia is tough because it is an extremely demanding plant. Um, So in in order to get flower buds to form, which is Mm -hmm. one of the things that that Marie was talking about, the night temperature has to drop for a gardenia plant and the daytime temperatures are just regular daytime, you know, 70 degrees Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit. But the nighttime temperatures have to be between 60 and 65 degrees Fahrenheit absolutely required in order to cause flower buds to form. So that was, uh, you know, um, careful watering, uh, as I mentioned, fertilizing, et cetera, et cetera. But the one thing I didn't mention was that drop in temperature at nighttime. Okay. Well, I'm glad you squeezed that one in the last few seconds we have here. The show is just about... Done and yeah, yeah, just about done. And you will not be here next week. I no, understand. No, Robbie Lane, the uh, apprentice sous chef, yes, will be here. The sous sous chef, and I shall be attending my son's wedding. Well, have my a... youngest guy Toby and his lovely gal Katie are getting hitched, mm. and uh, I can't wait to have her for a daughter-in-law. She's a sweetheart. Just, nice. So just you'll love be her, yeah. partying. So raise a glass yes. on our behalf to the the lovely couple next week, and, and we'll miss you. Sometime I'll, when I got time, I'll tell you about all the problems I've had getting to the wedding stage. It's just, oh my God, unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Dave's Corner Garage, uh, garage guys, they're here and we're ready right. to go. Thanks, everybody, for all your great calls. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.